are listening to The Depression Session at 99.1 FM Downtown Radio. Each week, we'll have a new guest tell the story of their depression. I'm your host, Laura Milkins, and thank you for joining us on The Depression Session. Just a note for my listeners, I want to make sure you understand that this is a show about depression, and some of the content can be triggering, so please take care of yourself if something on the show brings up difficult feelings, and seek professional help if you need it. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the Depression Session on Downtown Radio. Today we have with us in the studio Montrose. Montrose is a digital artist and runs a small studio. We'll be right back with Montrose, but first let's talk about nature. I've been thinking a lot lately this week about how much being outdoors has to do with my well-being. And it's not like this is a new information for me. I mean, this is something I've known all my life is that I am fed emotionally and personally by being outside. And actually, it's incredibly gorgeous out the window right now. There's all these little puffy clouds and the sun is shining and blue sky. And being out in nature for some reason, when I'm feeling good, it's a have to. And when I'm feeling bad and I actually need to get outside, it's when I don't do it. It's almost antithetical. It's like the thing that would do me the most good would be go take a walk, call up a friend and go take a walk, ride my bike. And when I'm depressed, that's the stuff I do not do. And I don't make time for, and I think about doing, but seems like too much effort, which is weird. It's like, it's a guaranteed going to lift my spirits. And so I've been promising myself because I'm feeling better and things are going really well. I've been promising myself to ride my bike to work. And it's almost like I called to the gods to smite me. So my car broke down and it's in the shop. And I've ordered a part and it's going to take a week to get it. And I have to ride my bike to school to teach and to do my job. And so I'm riding my bike to school and I'm feeling fantastic. (laughs) And I am reminded that why don't I do that? What is it that keeps me from doing the one thing that's absolutely guaranteed fantastic for me? I can't seem to get the energy to do it. And when I was in the worst of my depression, I did, I did go on some walks. And for a while I was taking walks every day, trying to just get outside. And it did lift my spirits every time. But each time it was like pulling a tooth to make myself do it again. And a lot of times I just give myself an out. So I feel grateful for my broken down car because I think I'm going to start off this semester right. It's the first week of school and I'm riding my bike. And I rode my bike home in the rain, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And I I am reminded that there isn't anything more simple, curative for me, and I, I know it's not for everyone, to just be outdoors. That's it. And I think I think I'm gonna do it. I think I'm gonna commit to this and ride my bike. And we'll see. I'll get back to you guys in a week and you'll hear me saying, my car is fixed. I'm not riding my bike. But hopefully I still will be. Thanks to you all. Thanks for listening. Today we have with us in the studio Montrose. Montrose is a digital artist and runs a small studio. Hi, Montrose. Welcome to the Depression Session. Hi, Laura. So what's new with you these days? What are you up to? I don't know. I'm working a lot, making apps and games and artwork and trying to start some more community-involved creation. I don't know. That's, that's about it in a nutshell. <laughs> it, we could go on for hours, but I think it would be better to leave that yeah. short. <laughs> well, I, I think it's really exciting. I'm actually here in the studio, your studio, not my studio. And I tried out some virtual equipment that is 
really, really, really cool where I'll just explain this to my listeners, which is you put on a headset, you've got two controls, and I was painting in three-dimensional space with light. It's the only way I can describe it. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, thanks for letting me try on one of the, the headsets. It's pretty cool. It's my pleasure. <laughs> I like bringing, bringing new people up and showing them the, the new things and avenues to create, which is one of my, my depression fighting tools in my yeah. arsenal. And there are many tools and one of them is going outside. And, uh, yeah. Do you find it's hard to go outside when you're depressed, though? Is it the same thing or not? Absolutely. And before I sought official treatment for it, usually what would happen is it would get so bad that things would get very dark. And I would go do some sort of epic run in the mountains that I wasn't in good enough shape to do until I hurt. Somehow the pain of that and the beauty of the outdoors would fix me for a while. And then I would get on to a habit of that for a few weeks and be just like everyone talks about when they go on antidepressants being like, I don't need this anymore. I'm good. And then that cycle would continue. But ever since I was a small child, that used to be the place that I would go for health. I had a woods in my backyard. A lot of, even in my, my uh, youth, obviously I had issues with depression and anxiety. And and again, I think they're very natural and I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, I used to go into the woods and I would go fishing. I would go play in the pond. I would build tree houses, forts, that type of thing. And that was what I did. And all the way through junior high, high school, I discovered rock climbing and backpacking And I was in Boy Scouts, and that was where I went to fix myself. Yeah. And uh, that seems to be a common theme of going into the desert, going into the mountains, going sitting under your tree. You know, that's where enlightenment happens. That's where clarity happens. And it's very difficult not being able to see that. And right now, uh, I've been a climber since I was a kid, which puts it almost at the 30-year mark at this point. And it's something that I love. I love going in the mountains, mountaineering, just all these things. I'm not super good at any of it, but I know how to do it and I love it. It's, it's very helpful. But now I've, I've sought treatment through a different, different avenue and I'm realizing that I'm not going outside. I'm not climbing. I'm not doing all of those things too. As I said before, I talked about the arsenal. I think that dealing with depression is not a, a one tier solution. There's many facets to it. And maybe you'll have 10 things and you just need to stick with three of the 10 or yeah. something like that and not, and not deviate too much from it. But there's also some order and discipline that comes with going outside. There's something about moving your body and the fresh oxygen that gets into your system and seeing the trees, seeing the mountains being part of it kind of gets back to my theory of, of modern depression at some point. But we're indoors too much as a a species. As a species, which is one of the things that makes us who we are. And it's good. And this is funny coming from someone who makes their entire living indoors in front of a computer. Well, that's not right. I I go to a cafe as much as I can and work outside as much as I can. But And I make products for people to be inside and to learn and get lost in their heads. And and, uh, I do the same thing. The irony is, is that I know that we need to be outside. I, I think that I'm a, a big fan of, of evolutionary psychology, by no means an expert, even though I know a few of them. 
but we've, we've been human beings for millions of years, maybe not in our current state, but evolving. And it's been this just really small sliver of time that we've been living inside. And this very small sliver of time where we've had access to all the world's information easily. And we're yes. all carrying computers around. And in our hands. In our hands. And we're, we're connected with people all over the world. You know, we, you know, we get to see our high school boyfriends or girlfriends and in, in, in ridiculous clarity every day. <laughs> it's, it's overwhelming. I don't think we're built for it. And it's hard to get outside. And, and for people like me and you that tend to be a little more motivated for it to be this much of a problem, it scares me for the greater population. And sometimes when I see kind of these toxic mindsets on all ends of the spectrum, I'm just wondering if we're just a country of people not dealing with their depression. I'm starting to believe yeah. that doing this show that... Is that they, they, there was some statistic of ten percent of the population will have a major depressive episode? I, it's got to be higher. It's got to be, or higher. it's everyone I know. I, I just think maybe people aren't admitting to it. It's I believe it's not a the, comfortable thing to admit to. I believe there's part of that, and I think that one of the major changes that happened to me, where I sought some treatment, was when I stopped being superstitious and stopped with the superstitions of my family and being raised, where uh, I had siblings that urged me to seek treatment when I was younger, but it was more condescending. Mm -hmm. it, was, it was, we are healthy and you are not, and you were born flawed and we are not flawed, but you are the one and you're the special case. And so that's, I thought about it as a value, as like, and in terms of weakness, in terms of, of all of the things that keep people from discussing this in public or, or even bringing it up, but becoming more of a science-based thinker or evidence-based thinker and taking a different perspective on the world, I just think depression is normal. And I think it's normal for people that are high-functioning or thinkers or doers. And the more I research human performance and, and how people are successful, because I want to be successful in my studio and all the things that I'm doing, and I've been trying to learn. And and it seems that anxiety is just part of running a business or being a successful professional. People think of being an artist, as we talk about, as being like painting with your fingers and your feelings, when it's really 80% just hard work painting when you don't want to paint, sculpting when you don't want to paint, or sculpt, just going into the studio, dealing and being probably one of the, one of the more capable business owners you know, because you are a business. And that requires you to be polite around difficult people, even if you love them, um, to be disappointed, to deal with rejection, to keep getting up and going again. And that is something that creates anxiety. That's not a bad thing. And we're looking at that as a character weakness when it's just a byproduct of being productive. And we're finding that with the developers in Northern California and, and, and the tech areas and, and the the, the VC startup technical world that meditation is coming in as a big thing because it's just, you will have this problem. And then the other irony of that too, is just thinking about my friends that serve in the military and groups like this. It's just where you're starting to realize if you go to war and you're not a sociopath, you're going to have to deal with something because you have a human brain. that's like everyone else's and you're just, it's just a thing that needs to be taken care of. Just like a cough, just like a wound. And uh, I'm optimistic that that depression, anxiety, traumatic disorders, syndromes, whatever we're going to call them or, or situations, that that just becomes 
something that it's just it's just something that happens to a human being. It's not a reflection of my character or my strength. And I just go take get it taken care of at a doctor, just like I would get some stitches. I'm, I'm hoping that through efforts like this podcast and through people speaking up and veterans talking about PTSD and many of these situations that it just becomes normalized. We take care of it and then just get better and start being productive. And and it, I really have this fear that a much bigger part of the population is more depressed and has anxiety disorders than they'll let on to. And I'm also very hurt by seeing people that I really care about not dealing with these issues who are extremely creative, who are who have a lot of value to bring. And they just can't bring themselves to, to fix it. And it's like us not going out to the woods. Or it's like, I'm not crazy. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a bad person. So I don't need to go get psychiatric treatment, as we call it. But it's just treatment. It's just a Band-Aid. I mean, I've, I've got this concern. And that's, that's why I'm here talking about it. And why I'm open about it with people. Because I think we all need to, to be a bit more open about it and just deal with it and and get on to making things yeah so there it is thank you <laughs> well I, I i agree with you on all of that i agree with the i think the amount of people that are struggling with depression and anxiety that is untreated unrecognized and pushed down and devalued and misunderstood and stigmatized and that's why i started the show because i just think absolutely if if and somebody said to me last summer but you're the happiest person I know. And I said, well, I am. I'm capable of being happy and having depression. I'm capable of being functional and having depression. It's a good thing, but it also works in my disfavor because I don't get treatment when I need it. Absolutely. Because I can just push through things and have a panic attack later. Yeah. You know. So at this point, I'm feeling happy more of the time and depressed a lot less of the time and for me the depression feels like a gray shield that comes down it's like a fog yeah and i can't see through it and everything's a little gray and the colors aren't as bright and i can't get to a comfortable place right now in the last couple of months i'm in that comfortable place most of the time mm -hmm. And I'm feeling like going outdoors, not just because it's good for me and I ought to and just make myself, but because I just want to be out and I want to see friends and like riding my bike and running into you. Yeah. But I wonder how much of the population is in that place of like, well, I'm functional and I don't have a mental illness and I'm not going to get treatment because people tell them that you're, you've got a problem instead of saying, Hey, you know, lots of people have depression. I did. And being compassionate and empathetic. And then offering, hey, you know, you could see this person. Well, I'm, I'm seeing that a lot with my friends and people in my circle. When we talk about anxiety disorder and we start talking about it very freely. Yeah. Almost to the point that it's uncomfortable for the people around us. And you hear that a lot. You hear people being like, I've never seen you as an anxious person or a depressed person. And the thing that people don't understand, and when I talked about my anxiety disorder, because I still went to work every day. I still dealt with things. I just had horrible situations two or three times a day where I literally, my body was telling me I was going to die. Yep. I've been in situations in the past where death was a possibility and you have a physiological response. And I would have that with there being no stimulus. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't anxious. I wasn't upset. 
And I, I've come to the conclusion, also based on these the, the community that's building, is, is that I'm finding out that, that very high-functioning people ha- tend to have anxiety disorders, and they open up and talk about it when other people talk about it, just like veterans talk about their, their situations when they're around other veterans and, and they talk about it. And, you know, it's the same thing that you're saying about depression is, is that it wasn't that I was having so much anxiety. There's a difference between anxiety and anxiety disorder. And I, I think that's what people might not understand. My anxiety disorder came from dealing with very difficult people and situations and stress and having to be strong and having to be friendly and not burn bridges with clients that were difficult, people that didn't pay, business partners, all these other things that are very stressful. It usually kicks people out. What I do is something that people leave very quickly within six months. It fails, at least in their head, and they leave. But I've stuck through it. And so that all that negative energy, I don't know if you would call it negative energy, but all that stress, all that stuff that you have to be calm for builds up and you need an outlet for it, whether it's going outside, it's doing something else. And I feel very lucky that mine got so bad that I became not functional because otherwise I would not have sought treatment for it. I would have been in a place where I was, as we said, just barely functional. I was surviving. I was getting by, even making my own way through the world in in a business sense. But now I feel like I'm starting to thrive, which is different. And I can decide what I'm going to do with the day instead of the day deciding what it's going to do with me. It's, it's an amazing feeling. And honestly, it's, it came from the pharmaceuticals. And it wasn't that the pharmaceuticals took over and made everything good. That's not how it works. It, 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 for me, it's the difference between Benadryl and taking another type of allergy medicine that's 24 hours. The Benadryl will stop the allergies and destroy all the functions in your life just like alcohol will, just like like hardcore anti-anxiety drugs will, whatever. But the things like the, the you know, the 24-hour, the um, like the Zyrtex or the Claritins or whatever, it just takes the edge off so you can, you can become healthier and get through the day. So, Monty, tell us the story of your depression. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In retrospect, I've probably been depressed my whole life. It's not something that I noticed when I was in the situation, um, people who people had come from the outside and said you're depressed, but they weren't people that I trusted, and I felt like there were other motives to that. It's been a struggle. Uh, it's also been very difficult because, in many ways, I've been a star student and then wouldn't go to class for three weeks, and would still be able to do well on the tests and get by. And as another one of my friends said who was depressed, is just like, I, I was having just as much trouble as the kids who were going to detention and doing drugs and getting knocked up. It's just I got good grades and I was polite, so no one ever thought to ask. Mm-hmm. So I was able to function. I was able to get through high school and college, and it was not easy. Um, I was able to get through an adult job, adult jobs, an adult career, but it was not easy. Um, just going on to my 11th year of working basically for myself, I, I have always had business partners or, or, or most of the time have. And it's, it just got to the point where it was so difficult, the ups and the downs where I just, I, I don't know what happened, but it, the anxiety attacks, the general anxiety disorder started. It started getting so bad that I had to deal with it. There were things, like we said, the exercise, going in the mountain, the rock climbing, those tended to work. 
But then as soon as they started working, I would be like, okay, well, great. I can work in front of my computer for five days now. And I would be back in that situation. I decided to just try the pharmaceuticals because I was like, there's nothing left to lose. I mean, I, I feel like I'm going to die twice a day, maybe sometimes three times a day. And it wasn't, it, after a while, it wasn't really the fear of death anymore. It was just, this is just a very disruptive feeling and I'm not able to, to enjoy things. And, and then when I, I realized that, I, I went back and looked at my whole previous life and, and realized that it was, it was, this was just this building and mounting elephant or in the room or monkey on my back or some other animal metaphor. And, <laughs> and so then it, then it came to a head when my life was actually great, when I was in a great relationship, had great friends, business is doing well. Everything is well, and then I just and 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 I was dealing with clients well. I able to do contracts and legal stuff, and 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 get the money and all the things you're supposed to do as a business owner. And I just couldn't make it through the day anymore. And then it and uh, so I so I got the treatment. And now I wouldn't say that everything's amazingly perfect, but it stopped that feeling of imminent doom from nowhere. No stimulus, not stress, not depressed, just imminent doom. And then I would be depressed because then I, could, I had to stop the thing that I love doing in the middle of the day. Or I couldn't go to a restaurant with my girlfriend. Or I couldn't meet friends at a bar for a drink. And also, so things came to a head because I uh, was taking anxiety meds and, uh, just that I acquired not through the real channels. And they worked. And then I would go to bars with friends. And just overdo it immediately just so I could be around them and in the bar. And then that obviously wasn't going to be a sustainable model either. And so it was good. I, I mean, I got forced into it just like your car was forcing you on the bike. I got forced into it. And, and it's great. And I just know that it's just the beginning of the work. I know it's time to start running up Sabino Canyon and going rock climbing on the weekends and trying to get... Laura to come to the rock gym with me and uh, spending more time doing, using all these skills that I've learned about creative art to actually make art instead of things that people are paying me to do. And I'm, I'm optimistic about the future for the first time, even though the world seems to be in absolute chaos right now. I'm, I feel horribly selfish because I feel optimistic, I feel good. I mean, I even feel like the things that are going on here is exactly what we need right now. I don't know where that's coming from, but it, it's there. And I, I would say that the story of my depression hasn't ended with the treatment, but it's definitely a good start to a new life. And uh, I would recommend um, really to anybody to go seek treatment, even if, it's a, even if you just have an inkling of it. It's worth a shot. You can do a low dose, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And the side effects aren't that bad. And if it doesn't work, try something else. It's just worth it. I can't stress that enough. And yes, do I believe that yoga and meditative breathing and cranial sacral Reiki or whatever is helpful? And yes, that's good. But you should try everything at your disposal. Use every tool. Do all 10 of those things. And not because your life depends on it. You might be suicidally depressed, but... If you're functional too, your life can get awesome and you can be more productive if you take care of yourself in these ways and stop caring about this weird value judgment on your character.
that you're depressed. So that's really all I have. I mean, unless you have some more questions for me. Uh, I do. Uh, yeah. I do. Thanks so much yeah. for your story. I think that's no awesome problem. because I relate to very strongly to so many things. Even the like hurting yourself, exercising. I got a heart monitor for yeah. running because I'll just run until my heart's beating so fast. It's ridiculous yeah. because I don't know why. Well, I, I have a theory for that. One of, one, of, one of the things that when I'm depressed, which isn't like my main problem, is that things tend to lose their flavor. Mm. You know, things lose color. Like nothing yeah. feels very strong. And people joke with me is that I eat super hot food. Right. And it's to feel something. And then when I go for these like epic runs that people would consider heroic or whatever, I mean, for me, not being an athlete of, of that sort, it just makes me feel something to feel that pain. Mm. And I think that's, some, that's another thing that happens, that grayness that you were talking about, that cloud, like sometimes extreme feelings are like a feeling. You can feel something. So a lot of people gravitate towards that, just whatever. It's, you know, that quick serotonin fix, the drugs, the, the pain, the cutting, all of these other things, you know, just all the crazy things that we do to, to feel something. But anyway, that's my theory. I'm done. <laughs> no, I, I think that's probably right. I mean, we don't, we don't have, this is the thing is that my understanding of depression after doing the show for over a year is that so many people have it. Yeah. People experience it very differently, yeah. but there's a thread through it that's similar. Yeah. And anxiety is like the, the brother of depression. They're hand in hand. They're inseparable. Yeah. They're like identical, maybe conjoined twins. Yeah. And so you get out of your depression a little bit and your anxiety pops up and then you get out of yeah. your anxiety a little bit and then maybe your depression washes over because yeah. anxiety is this high level of feeling. The needing to feel something people seek that in so many different ways. So there's these threads that go through, but the way yeah. people experience, that's why I love this show because every story is completely unique and yeah. totally the same. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. There's, we all kind of have the same brains. Yeah. We have different experiences. We're made out of the same stuff. We're wired. We're more alike than we think we are. Yeah. That's also something I know about the human condition, which confuses me more than anything. It's just people are much more alike than they think they are. They are. You know, honestly, I love being an adult. Everyone looks at their 20s or their high school or these other points is like when they peaked in life, you know, when their bodies were perfect and all these other things. Like when my body was perfect and, and young and pliable, I didn't use it the way that I should. Yeah. I didn't take care of myself. But as an adult, I love this. I love being able to eat cookies in the middle of the night. And I love being able to take, feel like I have some control over how my life ends up, that choices that I make create the consequences, the results, whatever. Yeah. When I was younger, and that was part of that that switch from superstition, when I was younger and I was like only weak people have, you know, or bad people have depression or flawed people, and I lost that superstition. It's the same superstition that I lost that it's just like, because you would, you just, you would grow up thinking that think bad things are meant to happen to me. I'm not going to be successful. And then just, just breaking free of that is one of the most joyous things ever. And just that mixed with creation is just, it's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, I, I want to have a big revival tent and, and, <laughs> and tell people about this because it's possible. I mean, I have a great lucky life and I've had a lot of advantages and help and I'm not going to, 
I'm not going to knock that. I mean, I had the bootstrappy grit too. So yep. unfortunately, I can't make either side happy with that statement. <laughs> you know, it's it's an amazing feeling to just feel like you've got some control over your destiny. Wow, that yeah. is a perfect way to end the show. Yeah. Montrose, thanks so much for being on the depression session. Thank you. I want to mention again that if you found some of the content of today's episode triggering, please seek professional help and call 911 if you feel like hurting yourself or others. I'm not a licensed therapist, and this show and the station are not endorsing any remedies or products. The purpose of this show is to destigmatize depression through storytelling. You can find a link to mental health services on downtownradio.org on the About KTDT page. To listen to the podcast, or if you're interested in being on the show, contact us at www.thedepressionsession.com. You've been listening to The Depression Session on Downtown Radio Tucson with music by Septa Helix. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Depression Session Podcast. Thank you.